Good morning, and welcome to A Vision for You Big Book Study. My name is Penny C., and I am a recovered compulsive overeater. Today is Wednesday, November 23rd, 2022. Today we are reading from the big book. We are on page 44, the chapter We Agnostics, and we are reading from the second paragraph only, the one that begins with, to one who feels he is atheist or agnostic, and ending with, easy alternatives to face. The reference numbers for yesterday, Tuesday, November 22, 2022, are these. The 7 a.m. meeting, 7 a.m. Eastern Time, 19,662. And the 10 a.m. Eastern Time, 19,663. Overeaters Anonymous, uh, okay, the readers, let me tell you about the readers for today. The 12 Steps, we're going to have Roz G, the 12 Traditions, Jen P, the readers of the text are Rick J and Nancy P, the newcomer greeter will be Reva P, and the second hour host is Janice PM. The OA Preamble, Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who through shared experience, strength, and hope are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We are self-supporting through our own contributions, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive eating and compulsive food behaviors and to carry the message of recovery through the 12 steps of OA to those who still suffer. Our sole purpose. OA's fifth tradition states, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. At A Vision for You Big Book Study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. And I'm going to ask Raz G. to read the 12 steps for us. Good morning. Okay, good morning. Uh, The 12 steps. Number one, we admitted we were powerless over food, that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Six, We're entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Seven, humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. Eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Nine, made direct amends to such people wherever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. Ten, continued to take personal inventory and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. 11. Thought through prayer and meditation. 
to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him, praying only for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. Twelve, having had a spiritual awakening as the result of these steps, we tried to carry this message to compulsive overeaters and to practice these principles in all our affairs. Pass. Thank you so much, Raz G. And next we have Jen P. to read the 12 traditions. Good morning. Honey, this is Jen P. from New Jersey. Grateful for the solution and grateful for this meeting this morning. The 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. One, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. Two, for our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God, as he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. Three, the only requirement for OA membership is a desire to stop eating compulsively. Four, each group should be autonomous except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Five, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. Six, an OA group ought never endorse, finance, or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise, lest problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, Overeaters Anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, OA as such ought never be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. Ten, Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues, hence the OA name ought never be drawn into public controversy. Eleven, our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, films, television, and other public media of communication. And 12, anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all these traditions, ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. Thank you. I'll pass. And thanks to you, Jen P., for reading the 12 traditions. This is how our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature, then stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and literature we are discussing and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only. Our abstinence requirement for moderators is one year, and for readers is six months. There is no abstinence requirement for sharing on topic. This meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We are sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. To share, press star 1 to unmute. Once you are done sharing, let us know by saying pass, then press star 1 to mute your phone again. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone, except the speakers, should be muted. Today, we resume our study of the big book. We are in the paragraph, We Agnostics, and we are in the second paragraph, To One Who Feels He Is Atheist or Agnostic, and ending with Easy Alternatives to Face. And I'm going to ask Rick J. to start us off. Good morning, Rick. Good morning, Penny. 
Thank you for your service. Good morning, everybody. My name is Rick Jay. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater in North Carolina. To one who feels he is an atheist or agnostic, such an experience seems impossible. But to continue as he is means disaster, especially if he is an alcoholic of the hopeless variety. To be doomed to an alcoholic death or to live on a spiritual basis are not always easy alternatives to face. Wow. Uh, you know, there's so much in this little paragraph, as is often the case when I'm when I'm really deep diving into these. And um, the first thing I feel is gratitude at the way that the book is written. And this, first of all, an empathy um, that, OK, we know how a lot of you are with this stuff <laughs> and we've already been drilling home the fact that yes you're powerless and only a power greater than yourself can can save you um and you know and then the solution what's the solution you know to accept spiritual help well if i am an atheist or an agnostic that might be a problem and you know i know that uh you know when we look at definitions of things with uh regarding an atheist which denies the existence of god there's no belief and agnostic gets a little bit murky i think and and that certainly was my case you know questions the existence of god so there's maybe some belief but it's a little shaky and but i saw something um too that you know, comparing atheist and agnostic, uh, atheist rejects all religious belief and denies the existence of God, and agnostic questions the existence of God or heaven, etc., in the absence of material proof and an unwillingness to accept supernatural revelation. So for me, it's, it's again, this invitation to, to set aside everything I think I know. My problem was that I was questioning other people's conception of God, whether, you know, and through religion, practicing religion, the way, you know, the way people prayed, the way they worshiped, uh, their own conception of, of a God of their understanding. I questioned that. And so I felt like that I, I was agnostic until I read this, you know, until I read this. And, you know, basically... I have this invitation to choose a conception of God that works for me. That's really all it's saying. And um, the the perfect place to to again refer us back to uh, to good old Appendix Two, you know, talking about spiritual experience. That's the experience that they're referring to when such an such an experience might be. Uh, hard you know they're talking about the spiritual experience that's what seems impossible but all it's telling me is that what we've done is we have a, a undergone a profound alteration in our life and a change that couldn't have been brought about ourselves you know that unsuspected inner resource and it's just that conception of a power greater i have to have a belief in something that will transform me and it cannot be me that's where – and uh, I'm just so grateful to be living in freedom today with a conception of a God that works for me.
With that, I pass. Okay, thank you so much, Rick J. All right, and before I take names of people who would like to continue sharing on that paragraph, I want to remind everybody that uh, although we we um, value everyone's experience, we ask that you limit your sharing to every third day. So if you've shared on any Vision for You meeting this past Monday or Tuesday, we're asking you to hold back and let other voices be heard. So I will take the name, do my best to hear everyone's name. Please just give your name and save your location for when you share. All right, who 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 did I just hear? Who would like to share? Nancy on this? P. That was Nancy P. Nancy P. Thank you, Nance. Barbara P. Alexis F. Wait a minute, Barbara Reba. E. Alexis Loretta. Loretta. Nancy R. Nancy R. Luby. Who was that last one, B? Lou. I didn't get your first name. I'm so sorry. It's okay. Uh, it's Lou, L-O-U. Okay, I'm going to stop with that then. If I didn't get your last initial, please tell me, and you can add your location if you wish. So this is the lineup. Nancy P., Bob E., Alexis, Loretta, Nancy R and Lou B. Nancy, good morning. Hi, can I be heard? My phone's been going muted, unmuted, muted, muted, I'm, muted, I'm whatever. I'm there. Okay, <laughs> okay, sorry. <coughs> Nancy P, recovering from a cold in uh, West Newton, Massachusetts, but recovered from compulsive overeating. I, as a person who is recovered today, I can look back and say, I was absolutely going to continue on as I was until the end. You know, the words in this book were chosen carefully, and alternatives are not choices. Choices imply that I can opt out. Do I want the red one, the blue one, or neither? An alternative means I'm going to end up with one or the other of the end, until the end. And my problem, as usual, was that I thought that I knew everything um, and that I knew what it would be like to live on a spiritual basis, and I was like, ick, no thank you. Um, I thought the only way to live on a spiritual basis meant that I'd have to be a wild-eyed religious zealot writhing on the floor, foaming at the mouth, speaking in tongues at some tent revival, and that didn't appeal to me. And um, I prefer the devil I know, and I was convinced that my future was that, this eating insane eating and that, that there was no other way for me. So to me, I wasn't surprised at all that I, that I wanted to, that I couldn't bear being a spiritual, living on a spiritual basis. Just the thought of not eating at all sent me back to the couch with a box or a bag. Um, and living on a spiritual basis seemed more terrifying than impossible. Although, it seemed plenty impossible as well. Where would the real me, where would the real Nancy P be? Would I ever laugh again? Could I ever listen to an off-color joke or tease my son about football? You know, I wasn't an atheist. I knew that, but I felt like it was in a harder place than just between a rock and a hard place. It was just really difficult. But 
in the end, it turned out that needs must. My life is what got terrifying and impossible. And I couldn't afford to pick and choose or to yawn and say, I'm not really sure I really want to do that. I'm not really into that. And I didn't know what was going to happen. My usual MO was to just, quote, unquote, do what worked in the beginning, which, you know, I'd call someone with a lot of abstinence. That was the point. I'd call someone with a lot of abstinence. They'd say, what worked in the beginning? And I'd go to a billion meetings or I'd switch food plans or I'd, you know, whatever. I'd resolve anew to weigh and measure all my food, topical solutions to a systemic problem. You know, it's not going to work from the outside in. It's the opposite. Um, And then I'd bump up against this God thing and I'd be lost again, like, no, not that, anything but that. And I was completely unequipped to do the program. But today I am completely, absolutely, entirely abandoned. I have abandoned myself to this thing that takes care of me. You know, I was brought not to my knees. I was brought face down in the mud with a horse standing on my back. And I flung myself out of this plane to just to get some relief with no parachute over a field of metal spikes, and I was caught and placed gently on the ground. And today, I don't care what it is, and I don't even wonder. I don't care. I don't, I don't know. You know, it's like my car. I want it to start, and if it doesn't, I just, you know, I don't wonder why. I don't bash it open and say, geez, I wonder what's wrong. I tell my husband. That's a husband job. Um, yeah, and I'll just wrap up. And all that I know is today... This abandonment, this joy that I have of living came from one way, one path. And that's what it is always with Nancy P. Surrender, surrender, surrender. That I'll pass. Thank you, Nancy. That's Nancy P. And now we got Barbara E. from New Jersey. Good morning, everyone. And I want to wish all people who are celebrating on Thursday a happy Thursday. My sponsor said to me many years ago, the turkey can be stuffed, Barbara. You don't have to be. Well, I'm so grateful that Bill and another member uh, included Appendix 2 in the back of the book. On page 569, I think, it talks about a spiritual experience being a slow, evolving experience. And just in case we forget, it's mentioned uh, three times. Uh, Bill likes to use many different terms, but what it really means is a personality change in the way I think, I feel, and act. And it develops slowly over time to go from being restless, irritable, and discontent. Some people like to say risk. To someone who cares about others, and if we can be open-minded and not have contempt prior to investigation, we may be willing to lay aside our old ideas and accept new ideas. There's, there is a possibility that we can change. I had to say for me, the insertion of Appendix 2 opened the door wide for me. I came in an agnostic, not an atheist. I didn't believe in God. I didn't know that because I didn't know there was a God. We never talked about God even though I came from a religion. Uh, we only came out twice a year. Uh, but that was it. Nothing else. So how was I going to fit into this group? Well, someone said the hoop is large and wide. Just take it easy. Relax. Act as if you believe. 
and eventually you will because I was like a rubber band. I could diet. Yes, I could. But I, I used that rubber band so rigidly that eventually it just broke and snapped. And I'd go back to my old eating ways, eating volumes and volumes of food. I was killing myself with food. I knew I was. I even left my kids at home alone in their cribs. Go down and get it. I needed something more than just my own self-will. I needed this program. And as I said, my eyes were open when I found I could use it like like the forces of erosion. Just doing the work, doing the steps, listening to you every day, and being grateful, grateful, grateful for this wonderful program. Because if I wasn't desperate, if I hadn't done all the pain way, the optifast, the psychologist, even stapling my ear, my God, what would that do? Um, I was desperate, and that was where God said, I think she's ready. So I came into OA, and they said, spiritual, emotional, and physical. And as, I, I, as most of us have, we only come in for the physical. But I stayed and stayed and stayed for the miracle and then stayed after that. And the 12 steps and the tools really have saved me. Really, I mean it, and I wish you blessings, all of you, new or old, returning. I pour lots of love on you. Thank you, Nancy. Thank you, Barbara E. And uh, next we have Alexis. This is Alexis F. from New Jersey. When I see the the stars in the sky and the universe, the way each planet is uh, solitary unto itself, but it's held in place by something, and the stars are held in the sky by something, and the sun and the moon are held in the sky by something, I want to know what the glue is between it, what's holding it there. And to me, that's God. Sure, Newton came along and described it as gravity, that there's an inclination to be pulled down. And that's what keeps the people going around the uh, sphere of the earth. It's not enough for me. I think it's God. I, um, I also think I've seen a brain, but I've seen neurons light up. And what's the glue between the neurons? that causes thought, that even causes disease. Can't be explained. They can say there's, you know, there's plasma between there or whatever they call it. Uh, Neurotransmitters. um, And it causes disease and it causes uh, enlightenment. And it changes when you meditate. And... uh, the first operation that I saw was a revision of a fracture. And I remember when I went into the operating room, I was 16 years old. I was working as a nurse's aide in a nursing home. And uh, I went in there and uh, I, was, I was on fire. I said, God, this is what I want to do for the rest of my life. I want to be an operating room nurse. And although I didn't finish at nursing school, um, to get married, 
I, I held that in the back of my mind as the most miraculous experience I had ever seen. Here they drilled holes in the opposite ends of this woman's leg that had been fractured in the middle. And they put a plate in it, and they drilled these holes and put screws in. And they're talking about going deer hunting and all these different things, very casual things, these surgeons as they're doing this. And the next day, I went into her room, and it was all healed. I took the bandage off, and it was all healed. There was no blood coming out of it. There was nothing coming out of it. It had been healed, the skin together. And I said, that's God. That's, a, that's proof of God right there. And uh, I, uh, I never get over it. I couldn't drive a car after I got out of that, ner- that, uh, that nursing home. I couldn't, uh, I couldn't get home. I was so enthusiastic and enlightened by seeing this miracle. Thank you. Thank you, Alexis S. Um, Loretta, your turn. This is Loretta H. Thank you, Penny, and thank you, everyone on this line, along with my precious God, who is saving my life today. Loretta H. recovered in North Carolina. To one who feels he is an atheist or not, such an experience seems impossible. And that was my story. I came in in 2001, devastated, desperate, dying. And I had a spiritual experience. And I was able to give my food to somebody. First honest day of work I did. and But I did not have a God. And today I still don't understand God, but I stand under God. And I found in this program that my problem was spiritual starvation. I'm also anorexic, but that isn't why I starved. I starved because I, my soul could not at all appreciate any of the abundance I had until I worked the steps. And today I have abstinence, which I consider as spiritual, and I have a tool, uh, my toolkit or my tools is my food plan. And that is what I share with somebody every single day to this day. But that is not my absence. My absence is spiritual. My absence is practicing the principles in all of my affairs because that's why I ate. I ate because of human emotional buildup. And the acronym for serenity is seriously understanding real recovery entails not debating every reason. I had to stop the debating society. I had to listen to the God of my understanding so he could actually guide me to do right actions. And with the work of the 12 steps, Today, with God's grace and mercy, I have the ability to actually, some little sponsee said this a couple Thanksgivings ago, to bring my ideal relationship to every event. And with that, I pass. So happy Thanksgiving. Thank you, Loretta H. Nancy R., I'm calling on you.
Hi, this is Nancy, our recovered compulsive overeater from Northwest Illinois. Um, so I didn't consider, I don't consider myself atheist or agnostic, but I'm so grateful for this paragraph because, um, you know, there are so many people that are, um, and that the word, you know, God or higher power to just doesn't fit. And I'm so glad that none of us are excluded um, from this solution because of that. Um, you know, even though I don't consider myself agnostic or atheist, um, you know, to be doomed to an alcoholic death or to live on a spiritual basis are not always easy alternatives to face. Um, I, you know, my crazy mind had me in that debate um, for years and not because I didn't believe in a higher power, but because I didn't want to live on that spiritual basis. I didn't want to do the work. Um, I, I just wanted um, the work that I'd done to be enough and um, to be relieved and, um, and, you know, to not work the program and to live on this spiritual basis. And so I'm so grateful that, you know, my higher power never gives up on me and kept sending the search party out and saying, come live on this spiritual basis. Um, and the other thing I wanted to share is that I heard um, probably on a podcast about, you know, um, not if you don't, if I don't like based on me, I don't think I'm agnostic, but how am I being agnostic in my life today? So what am I not bringing to my higher power? What am I not believing my higher power can, um, can take care of for me? Um, and there are so many things, you know, and that's why um, I work the 10th and 11th step and, and keep doing it. Thank goodness it's there because um, in any moment I can be agnostic in the fact that I stop relying on a spiritual basis. I stop relying on my higher power and I start relying on me. And um, my life doesn't work when I rely on me. Uh, so that's all I have today. Thanks. Bye. Thank you, Nancy. Uh... Um, Lou B. Good morning, Lou. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Thank you for hearing me this morning. I'm really glad to be here and be able to share. So uh, let me start by saying I am a compulsive overeater of the hopeless variety. Um, and when I, <clears throat> excuse me, my voice is groggy this morning. When I live in, you know, when I'm active in my disease and I'm using food, to take the edge off or whatever I do, behaviors, um, you know, it, it means disaster, absolute disaster. And um, I'm really grateful to be able to contrast that with, I think one of the first sharers talked about the joy, you know, the just the overflowing joy um, that she feels. And, and I agree with that. You know, my life is my life is amazing today, and, and let me tell you, there are so many things that are really stressful in my life right now, as, as, as a lot of people are, right? I mean, I'm, I'm having issues with my employment. I'm having issues with a couple of employees. One of my sons is struggling. I mean, 
there's a lot of things that people would look at and say, oh, my gosh, your life's a disaster right now based on my circumstances. But you know what? I'm, I'm somehow walking through it. You know, I'm walking through it one day at a time. And, and um, you know, I don't feel like I'm being – I don't feel like I'm doomed today. You know, for me, it says to be doomed to an alcoholic death. Well, I know for a fact that I – have been doomed to an alcoholic death, a compulsive overeater death, when I'm walking around looking you straight in the eye talking, right? But I'm dead. And I and I know what that means. I know what that feels like. So I can I, I know all about what it feels like to be walking around dead, you know. But anyway, um yeah, so so uh let me think, let me gather my thoughts. I guess just that you know I, I don't um, – it says it's not always an easy alternative, but golly, I mean, look at the sentence. <laughs> Doomed to an alcoholic death or or live on a spiritual basis. Well, you know, I think as a human being, I want to live, right? I don't want to die. And, and as a compulsive overeater, I know for me the only way that I do live today – is to pick up that spiritual, you know, way of life and 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 live it one day at a time. Um, you know, the the last person who shared talked about being agnostic. You know, when when she doesn't believe that God's gonna 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 help her essentially, and and I that's true for me too. You know, but I'm so grateful that I that I live a one day at a time program and that that I can't stay clean on yesterday's shower, you know, that that each day, each day is new, and each day is an opportunity to, to start this deal over. And, uh, and and the best part of that is I only have this 16 or 18 hours that I'm awake, <laughs> you know, to live. I don't have to think about the future. I don't, I don't, it's time I don't have to, oh, thank you. I don't have to dwell on the past. You know, I can live right now. And I'm really grateful I got to share. Everybody have a good day. Bye. Hey, thank you. That was Lou B. And um, I'm going to be taking another list of names, but let me just tell everybody again uh, where we're reading from. We are on page 44 in the chapter We Agnostics, the second paragraph that begins with, to one who feels he is atheist or agnostic, and ending with easy alternatives to face. So who would like to um, share now? Kim A. Rachel P. Rachel P., go ahead. Did you get Reva? Sharon. Sharon. Oh, the first Trisha. person I heard was the last initial A, but I didn't get your first name. Kim A. Kim A, okay. Okay, I have Kim, Rachel, Sharon. Mike S. Reva P. Reva. Lynn F. E, Lynn S. F, like Frank. Mike Like Frank. Okay. Um, I'm going to go with those five and see how much time we have left at the end, okay? So let's um, circle back to Kim A., your turn. 
I believe it was Kim A. Okay, one more time. Someone with last initial A. Yeah, I'm sorry. I'm like having a whole conversation with myself muted. <laughs> Kim, sorry about that. It's Kim A in New York City. Um, so yeah, you know, when when we come in, we often think that we have to spend a lot of time understanding the idea of a higher power, understanding what a higher power is, what to call it, what it could do for us, how we turn our will and our lives and our food over to this higher power. But we don't. Um, you know, this whole thing about believing in a higher power is no more than the willingness to believe that we're not the greatest, like, force in the universe, right? So whether or not I, quote, unquote, believe in God, all I have to do is say, well, okay, um, I didn't create the solar system, and I know that I, I don't control nature. I don't control anything, but I certainly don't control, like, the greater, you know, being of the universe. So some force bigger than me is doing that. Some force bigger than me is in charge of things that I can't control. Henceforth, I'm not the most powerful force in the universe. So we can call ourselves atheists. We can call ourselves agnostic. The labels don't matter. All that matters, I mean, step two, and this is all about step two. Step two is just having the willingness. It doesn't even say that we believe anything now. It says came to believe. So as long as we're willing to believe at some point that there's a higher power, boom, we're done with step two. That's it. And this whole idea of turning things over, I mean, now we're getting into step three, but this decision to turn things over to a higher power, well, okay, who wouldn't want to do that? Sure. I know that I spent 18 years flipping and flopping and floundering and relapsing and Thing like, yeah, of course, I want to turn this stuff over. I want to give my higher power my food. I want to, you know, I didn't know how to do that. And I felt like this big failure because I couldn't. Well, of course, we don't know how to do that. The steps teach us how to do that. So if we know we're powerless, if we know that we can't manage the decision to not take that first compulsive bite, we know that once our minds lead us back, which they always do, I can't control what I'm eating and I'm powerless, then I need a power bigger than me. That's the whole point of this. So steps one, two, and three are quick and easy decision steps. It doesn't require action, really. They bring us to the all-important action steps, which teach us how to develop a relationship with a higher power, as long as we're willing to believe that there's something more powerful than us. Um, and with that, I'll pass. This is Kim A. in New York City. Thanks for letting me share. Thank you, Kim A. Uh, Rachel P., it's your turn. Good morning. This is Rachel P., Recovered Compulsory in Pennsylvania. Um, yesterday and today, a couple of people shared definitions of atheist versus agnostic, and that's just really striking me, and I can only speculate here. You know, but I'm thinking about how this chapter is called We Agnostics versus We Atheists or To the Non-Believer, right? Uh, and the difference, you know, obviously between 
atheist and agnostic is atheist is a hard no. Um, and agnostic is like, probably not, but, and this is just from my experience. When I was agnostic, it was um, probably not, but I'm open or I'm, I'm, or I know it's not me. And I have a, a history of having been an atheist for about a decade. Um, and I, it was a hard no. And I, I just know from my experience, you know, I, I could not, I couldn't even, I would not even pick up this book during that time that I was an atheist. So I think it, I think it is an intentional that this chapter is, is addressed to the agnostic versus to the atheist or the non-believer. Um, you know, and, and for me, the shift from atheist to agnostic happened as the result of of having an open mind and, and seeing other people, meeting other people in whom, you know, various problems had been solved as a result of a belief. Um, and it was a slow process. It was a slow process. And a, and a really important piece of that process was just as this paragraph says that, you know, um, you know, to continue as he is means disaster, especially if he is an alcoholic of the hopeless writings. I mean, that was me. I was a compulsive reader of the hopeless writing, you know, just binge after binge after binge after binge. I mean, this disease had been in scriptures for 20 years and everything I had tried was not working. So I just, I, I had to get to the point where I was hopeless. There was nothing else I could try. There was, there was zero option. There were no more doors left of my own self-will. And actually the very first meeting I came to was about 11 years ago. That was when I was an atheist. And I, I heard them say the word God and I was out. Six years later, I came to my second meeting. At that point, I was more of an agnostic because various things had happened. And my mind was, there was just a sliver of open-mindedness. And I stayed. I stayed because that at that point I was so hopeless. So it's that kind of perfect combination of hopelessness of you know, which which leads to willingness and and then to see other people in whom the problem had been solved. You know, I was doomed. I was doomed to to live the rest of my life, which, you know, this may have shortened my life as a compulsive overeater unless I accepted the 12 steps because I was so out of ideas. I had no other options. And I think it's really important to understand, and this is true in my experience, That's I needed to take, thank you, I needed to take the perfectionism out. It's okay just to have a, a, a willingness and go from there and do your work. Thanks, I'll pass. And thank you so much, Rachel P. Sharon, I need your last initial, please. Yes, good morning and thank you. Hey family, my name's Sharon B. from Michigan and uh, this is such a great paragraph. To be doomed to an alcoholic death or to live on a spiritual basis are not always easier alternatives to face. Honestly, this this is absolutely me <laughs> and it doesn't make sense to the regular person who goes, okay, so... You can either live a life where your body slowly decays, and I was watching myself with with all of the the things that came with my compulsive eating. You know, let's replace a part at a time. Um, let's get rid of this. Let's, you know, the the blood sugar turning toward, you know, diabetes and um, 
slowly suffering long, painful, horrible decades of death, decaying inside, outside, my mind, my spirit, my body, everything so desperate. Or you can live a spiritual life. For some reason, that was not an easy alternative to face. And this part where, you know, it says that, you know, about agnostic, I'm so grateful for, for those all those who shared before me and the one who said about um, areas where I'm agnostic, where I won't hand it over to my higher power. My compulsive eating was absolutely that. My food was that. I didn't think it was possible for me to ever do what I needed to do to to achieve entire abstinence, to be able to weigh and measure and report my food, there's no way on God's green earth because I have I have trauma in my childhood that absolutely prevented that. It wasn't going to happen. But like I've heard, I just needed to be willing and just a little bit of willingness. I didn't have to have the answer. I just had to have a little bit of willingness just to be open-minded just a little. And God meets me there. And thank God for that because Today is um, uh, two years, two years entire abstinence, which I never thought would be possible. I didn't think two days or two weeks would be possible. But thanks to Vision for You and my vision sponsors and, you know, all these, you know, that y'all have taught me from this amazing big book and, and the program of action, you know, a design for living that really works in rough going. You know, it's. I'm so very blessed. And today it isn't a, a difficult alternative to face. You know, I found out that living on a spiritual basis means freedom. It means a free mind, a free heart, a, you know, a body of a normal size for the first time since God knows when, <laughs> probably my 20s and I turned 60 this year, you know. And to be able to not have that torture of the mind, you know, what am I going to eat tomorrow? Oh, well, that's pretty easy. I've got a food plan, you know, and and this is what fits in it and making sure there's foods in it that fit in it. And the rest is just like cat food. There's cat food in the house, too, along with all the sugary, icky stuff that's poison to me. And I don't eat that because it's not for me. And that's what living on a spiritual basis is for me. What freedom is that to be able to be there? And and thank you for giving me the alternative. Thank you. And and with that, I'll pass. Sharon B. from Michigan. Thank you so much, Sharon, and congratulations on your anniversary. Two years abstinent. God bless. Uh, Reva Go P. Your... Reva P. Good morning. This is Reva P. Grateful, recovered, compulsive overeater. Um, the last line in this paragraph is just shouting at me this morning. And this business of alcoholic death, I knew when I came in, um, I was dying physically because of that physical allergy. I was just destroying myself with food. And I was of the hopeless variety because from my point of view, I had tried everything and it was getting worse and worse and worse. So I had these two alternatives. Do I want to keep going on destroying myself with this substance or, you know, do the work to access this power that this is talking about, you know? Um, so I made that choice, but this we agnostics is not something I do once. And then like I'm finished, 
as has been mentioned, you know, I'm constantly seeing areas where I'm agnostic. Where am I agnostic? Where am I doubting God? Where am I not choosing spiritual basis alternative? Where am I choosing to be afraid? Because alcoholic death is not just the food. Alcoholic death is where my mind goes when I'm only abstinent, not working the steps, not accessing power, not trusting, not relying, not loving, not kind. That is death. It destroys me in a worse way than the substance. And I'm miserable and, and want to kill myself and eventually go back to the food. So, you know, I just find such a sense of humor because as an addict, tell me you're hopeless. Do you fully concede to your innermost self that you're licked? Yeah. But you want to do the work. Do you want to actually have to, you know, take responsibility for recovery um, to access power and live on a spiritual basis? And I can sit there and go, well, I don't know. Let me think about it. Like, duh, that's part of the ism for me. That's part of the ism that my will is so strong. And I want an easier, softer way. I want the familiar, even if it's destroying me. Um, so I like that it's stated here that it's not an easy decision because otherwise the line of people who are recovered would be long um, as opposed to short because it's not easy to do the work consistently, persevere, day in, day out, continue, continue, and make sure I'm choosing um, the alternative that keeps me alive, not just physically, but yes, spiritually, emotionally, mentally, um, you know, whole because of where my head goes. Um, so with that, I pass. Thank you so much, Reva P. And next we have Lynn E. Excuse me, Lynn E. Good morning, fellows. This is Lynn F. Recovered in Pennsylvania. Oh, sorry, Lynn F. I'm sorry. That's okay. That's okay. Um, I am so grateful to be live on the line this morning. I'm not live um, off today, and so it's just a pleasure to be with all of you um, live and in person or um, on the phone. So today, um, as I read this paragraph, I'm reminded of my choice uh, to be doomed an alcoholic death or to live on a spiritual basis are not always easy alternatives to face. So this is a fork in the road for me as Herb K calls it, and um, I either choose the suffering or I choose the light. And um, oftentimes, for me, um, in abstinence, I can even choose suffering, right? I can keep God in his box. Uh, God has the food, right? But God may not have the people or the situation or my comfort, um, and, I, and I slip a bit back to old thinking. Thank God I have programmed to keep me on the path of light and thank God for everyone to hold up the spirit and the light for me because I can't do it alone. I'm just a human. Um, and that is, you know, the basis of my program, the basis of my recovery, living in this program, living in 10, 11, and 12. So I'm always reminded that this is about God. And just a further blessing Today is um, a preparation day for me for the holiday tomorrow, and I don't have to do anything crazy. Um, I, I can follow my food plan. I can follow my schedule today, uh, asking God how may I be of service while I take care of the things that are necessary. 
again, tomorrow, it's just leather, rinse and repeat. There's no excitement. There's no high off of how can I get the food that I really want and fit it into this program or this way of eating? Or how about I just start dieting next Monday? You know, I don't have to do any of that today. I know I'm I'm confident when I put my head on the pillow tonight, even if I'm um, in the fray of preparation, that I will be abstinent. And uh, the same for tomorrow. There's nothing that is um, more important than my relationship with God today. And I can't afford to um, live an alcoholic death, a slow death. I can't afford that today. I don't want it today. I've lived that way today. And it's not an option. So that's what I got. And I'm grateful again. And uh, have, a ble- have a beautiful day, everyone. Thanks. Thank you, Lynn F. We have time for about a one and a half, two minute share. Would someone like to take that? Jim S. in Toledo. Go ahead, Jim. Thank you. Jim, Jim, is it S or F as in Frank? S, like in Santa Claus. Oh, okay. Go ahead, Jim. <laughs> um, I was listening to um, Kim A. talking about the second step, and all it takes is just willingness to go forward I mean that talks to me Um, I've been trying to live according to the program and someone else's idea of what abstinence means and I was having a really hard time and um, I found that the way I was trying to abstain was interfering with my connection to my higher power. And um, so I'm trying to um, eliminate sugar in my life, and it is a daunting task. seems everything that I touch has sugar in it. But my wife is helping me. Um, She's very spiritual, and she knows how to cook food in a way that doesn't include sugar, and so um, I'm just trying to be true to my higher power and live one day at a time abstinent, and so with that, I'll pass. Thank you so much, Jim, Jim S., and now we are at the closing of our meeting, so I want to thank everyone who shared and everyone who um, attended this meeting. I appreciate your service. Please join us for a second unrecorded hour of study immediately following this closing. The share ID for today's 7 a.m. Eastern Time meeting is 19,699-19699. We will now close with the reading from the Big Book on page 164, followed by the Serenity Prayer. Will uh, Nancy P. please read that selection on page 164? Our book is meant to be suggestive only. Do you know what the sharing ID? Please? The sharing ID number? The the number for today is 19,699. Okay, Nancy, would you please? Yeah, Penny, can I be heard? Yes. 
Okay, just the muting has been weird today. Nancy P. recovered in West Newton, Massachusetts again. Um, Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order. But obviously you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is the great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit, and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you until then.